On episode 60 of DevTalk, I speak to Mike James about Avalonia. Welcome to another episode of DevTalk. My name is Kerry Lothrop. Today's guest is Mike James. Mike James has been working for Microsoft for five years now, and you see him in developer advocacy roles. Typically, he came from the, the Xamarin world and, and got acquired with, with the rest of the Xamarin team. And I'm really happy to have him on the show. Hello, Mike. Hey, how's it going? I am uh, good. Uh, Germany is a bit of a chaos here with the pandemic raging. And how is it in the UK? Yeah, I've heard about this Corona thing. People have been <laughs> mentioning it to me. Um, yeah, th- things are, are are okay here. Some of my family have got the vaccine, which is good. I'm, I'm still patiently waiting. Yeah. Um, but uh, I, I I look at other families and the struggles that they've been through, and I look at what my day-to-day life looks like, and I just I feel nothing but privilege. Um, so I'm super grateful for you know the the bad situation, but the the situation that I find myself in through this. Um, yeah, yeah. Well, uh, well, here too, some of the family has gotten the vaccine, but it's it's uh, slow, and we're just hanging in there. Yeah, I think that's that's all anyone yeah. can do at this point. Just yeah, longing for the day that some form of normality returns <laughs> and we can you know go and sit in a cafe with my laptop and do some work um it's the simple things that i long for mike you're currently a developer advocate at microsoft again is that true yeah so uh, i work for the uh, cloud advocacy team and i hesitate on saying where i work because we we have reorgs so regularly within microsoft that it's sometimes difficult to keep up with what organization <laughs> or what name we, we, we're now calling ourselves. Mm-hmm. But I believe this week it's the uh, Cloud Developer Advocates. Okay, yeah. And uh, I I saw uh, you tweet quite a lot about uh, UI technology and cross-platform technology. And I saw something that I never see anyone else tweet about, which is Avalonia, Avalonia UI. And yeah. I was wondering if you could explain what it is or and also tell us what the difference is from all the other cross-platform .NET cross-platform frameworks. Yeah, definitely. I'd love to. And I'll also, I'll, I'll give you a long list of people that you should follow as well so that I'm not the only voice <laughs> talking about it because there is a, a really active community mm-hmm. uh, if you know where to look uh, on Twitter for Avalonia. Yeah. Um, so Avalonia is, as you said, it's a cross-platform UI technology for .NET developers, uh, primarily C Sharp, but there is F Sharp support as well. Um, mm-hmm. In fact, there's uh, there's a library that someone in the community built that allows you to. Is it uh, MVU? I think that's all the rage nowadays. Um, it's a this uh, declarative style of, of creating your UI and code. MVU, uh, okay. MVU. I think yeah. it's MVU. Mo- model view update. I think. Uh, Forgive my mm-hmm. ignorance on it. It's uh, <laughs> it's not something I've looked into too deeply, but I know that there is a F sharp support around that. Okay. Um, so Avalonia is kind of uh, a natural progression for WPF developers, um, mm-hmm. and it's cross-platform, so it runs on Linux, Mac, obviously Windows. Uh, there's also Android support, and there's the beginnings of iOS support as well. Um, but it's primarily a desktop technology. Um, much like WPF is living on the desktop and it's got that desktop metaphor of uh, windows and kind of expecting a cursor um, rather than touch inputs. 
Yeah. Um, Avalonia kind of sits within that space. Now, obviously, it does support touch, just like WPF, um, but the kind of metaphors and, and the way of thinking is very much geared towards desktop development. And WPF is available on .NET Core 3 upwards or .NET 5, but it's still just a Windows technology, right? That's that's exactly right. So although it's .NET Core, it is very much still tied to Windows. Mm-hmm. And it's been open source, which is amazing because you can dig into the source code on GitHub and see just how complex WPF actually is. Yeah. Um, and it is like, it's almost super glued into Windows. Um, it's going to be a lot of work if the community ever wanted to uh, try and make that cross-platform. Mm-hmm. Um, so there isn't really a story for traditional Windows desktop developers to to migrate to this cross-platform world. Um, there's obviously technologies that I love, like Xamarin, and you know I spent years working at Xamarin, and I've uh, enjoyed using the technology since the acquisition, but it's very mobile-focused, and building a mobile app and bringing it to desktop, it doesn't deliver, I don't think, the, the best desktop experiences. Um, mm-hmm. they're, they're very different platforms and require different types of apps uh, to be built for them. Um, so, yeah, desktop developers haven't really had a technology that they could use to to target Mac OS or, or Linux uh, until Avalonia. Um, and as I say, it's for me, it's a real natural progression so mm-hmm. I've, I've used WPF for years and years, and I, I really like building apps with WPF. I'm, I'm super quick with it. Um, it's, you know, MVVM I love. It's why I like Xamarin Forms. Um, but I wanted that cross-platform capability. Yeah. And, and I get that. I can bring all that existing experience that I've built up over the years, building these rich desktop experiences for Windows, and I can start building for, for Mac OS and Linux. Okay. Well, so who's behind this technology? Uh, so there's no company backing it. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is entirely uh, community-led. Uh, so there's a relatively small team of core maintainers. It's like five or six people that maintain it, and they're, they're spread all over the world. Um, and it's it's been open source. I think the first commit was in like 2013. Um, so it's reasonably mature now. Um, mm-hmm. it, it hasn't quite reached the 1.0 status, Um but there's talks about with the next version actually changing the numbering scheme so that it will jump from, uh, at the moment we're on 0.10. I think the next version is going to just be 11 um, because it's at the point where it's stable. It's being used in production. In fact, uh, JetBrains are using it to port some of their WPF applications. So uh, I think it's .memory and another one of their uh, .NET tools, which uses WPF. Uh, They looked at all the different... Uh, technologies are available to bring this code base over to to macOS and Linux, and they decided to to bet on Avalonia. Um, so it's I think that's a you know really good stamp of approval for the maturity of the framework, uh, which the 0.10 version number doesn't quite you know broadcast to the world. Yeah, so it's XAML based, is and there are so many different flavors of XAML now. Which one is it? It's its own flavor of XAML because <laughs> okay. it's a new one. Yeah. It, it, it's, it's not it's not new per se, but it, yeah, it's it's heavily inspired by WPF. Mm-hmm. Um, so one of the one of the first things I did to get started with uh, learning Avalonia was I fired up YouTube and I did a live stream porting 
uh, a custom control from WPF to Avalonia. And uh, it was a color picker. So it was a color wheel uh, where I had to render out uh, a bitmap and then have a th- kind of thumb control for where the current selection is. Um, mm-hmm. And that was coming from, I've got this huge WPF application that I've been working on for many years. And I'm slowly migrating over. Um, and one of the things that really shocked me was just how much code I was able to copy and paste straight over. Like you change the XAML namespace and there's definitely some differences, uh, but the majority of it was kind of like for like. And, and what with IntelliSense, you hit dot and you get the list of things you can do. Yeah. You can kind of work it all out as you're going through. And I think I streamed for maybe four or five hours and keep in mind, I had basically no experience of Avalonia before this. Mm-hmm. And by the end of that process, I had ported this reasonably complex custom control um, from WPF. And I've been able to do that just time and time again now. So I've been able to migrate an awful lot of my application over to Avalonia with very, very minimal difficulties because of that similarity in the, in the XAML. Okay, so y- you use this for an existing project or uh, is this something for porting your existing project or would you say uh, it's better for uh, the greenfield projects that's that's a really good question as, as i say jetbrains are using it to port existing wpf apps mm-hmm. um so i know that there's uh, there's smarter people in the world than i that have decided that that's a, a viable solution for them um, I'm using that solution to port this beast of a WPF project that I've, you know, years and years of work have gone into. Um, but also there's people using Avalonia to, to build brand new apps. Um, so there's a, a company called, I think it's uh, Grit World, who are using it to, they're building a visual effects engine mm-hmm. and they're using Avalonia for the editor for, for that. Um, and that's a okay. brand new project. Um, so it, just like with WPF, you know, that might be a, a transition from a VB, well, not even .NET, just a VB application that gets modernized to WPF. Mm-hmm. You might then want to modernize that for the web, or maybe you still want to stay on desktop. And at that point, Avalonia is a reasonably good shout. And we, we talked about two of the alternatives for what Avalonia solves on this podcast. One would be Xamarin Forms. And the other would be Uno. And can you, can you maybe talk a little bit about what what the difference is here, or or why you should choose this? Yeah. So uh, let's let's tackle the easiest one to, out of those, which would be comparing it to Xamarin Forms. Mm-hmm. Um, they are very very different technologies. Um, so I kind of think of this in in the same way that a bicycle is a bit like a space shuttle in that they're both going to get you from A to B. Mm-hmm. Uh, depending on where you want to go, one might be a little bit overkill. If you if you want to go to the, the shops, then the bike is probably a better, better mode of transportation than the space shuttle. Likewise, if you want to go to the moon, the bike just isn't going to cut it. And depending on where you want to go, depends on which tool you choose. And I kind of see that analogy fitting quite well with Avalonia and Forms. Um, which one is the space shuttle and which knew, one the bicycle? I, I knew you were going to ask that because you're putting a value proposition there to suggest that one's better than the other. And I, mm-hmm. I don't believe that's right. Okay. Because if you want to get to the moon, you need that space shuttle. If you 
and, and getting to the moon isn't any better than getting to the shops. <laughs> it's about where do you want to go? They're just, it's very easy to make a, a comparison because they're a mode of transport, but they're not, it's, it's not very fair to make a comparison between the two. But I understand why people do. So bring, <laughs> bringing it back to, to, to the technologies in hand, Xamarin has always been, if you look at its pedigree, it's a mobile focused technology. Avalonia is the flip side of that, and it's a desktop-focused technology. And whilst Xamarin Forms does have support for desktop, Avalonia also has support for mobile. Mm -hmm. Those experiences, um, it's much more challenging. I'm trying to be diplomatic about how I say this. It's much more challenging to deliver a great experience when you're trying to bring a mobile app to the desktop. I think I've personally experienced this with when Apple released Catalyst and we saw a lot of mobile apps that historically have been running on iPhone and iPad yeah. come over to Mac. I just I still remember my first impressions of using the HomeKit app or the Home app. Uh, it, mm-hmm. it didn't feel right. It was a mobile app running on my desktop. It, it did the job, don't get me wrong, but it, it wasn't that kind of seamless experience that I come to expect from a company like Apple. So... From that perspective, I think that they're very different technologies and to decide which one to use is it's number one, what is your primary platform? Is desktop going to be the place where most of your users are going to interact with your application? Are you building a desktop style application in that you need advanced functionality, lots of screens, maybe you need MDI, uh, so that multi-document interface, which we just can't build those kind of experiences for, for mobile. Yeah. Um, or are you building uh, an app in, in that kind of mobile sense that is geared towards being on a phone or a tablet and people are going to be poking it with their fingers? And yeah, they're just very different experiences. So when you compare them in terms of how, how are we going to interact with the app, then it becomes quite obvious which technology to pick. Mm-hmm. But also there's a, a very big difference in the way that they actually work. So Avalonia is a bit more like Flutter in that what, what's actually provided by the platform that Avalonia is running on is just a canvas. So on the case of Windows, uh, we're just creating a new window, and then all of the drawing inside of that window is handled by Avalonia. So every single pixel you see on the screen comes from Avalonia. Okay. That actually sits on top of, uh, what is it? I've, I forget the name of it, and I should know this off the top of my head. Uh, uh, Urho Sharp and uh, what's the other one? It, it, are you looking for that? Um, the, the the 2D one, right? Yes, uh, it, Chrome uses it. How have, my mind is completely <laughs> blank. Uh, Fl- both Flutter and Chrome are using this. It's built with. I'm going to have to Google it. Uh, Flutter <laughs> UI. Uh, Skier Sharp. There skier, we go. Right. I, I didn't. I didn't even get to the search results before. You know, I hit enter and then my brain did that search on its own. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so it's it's right. uh, it's built on top of Skier Sharp um, for uh, for Windows and, and Mac. Um, but I don't think that's, you don't have to use Skier Sharp. Uh, there are other options as well uh, mm-hmm. for the rendering. Um, so just like Flutter, it's that kind of pixel perfect design, but it's not native per se. Um, you're getting native performance for the most case. Um but when you ask for a button, you're not on iOS going to get a UI button. Um, you're getting 
some pixels that Avalonia is drawing for you. So if you need that pixel perfect design, then Avalonia can be a really good shout. But if you if you want that kind of more native style user interface, then going with Xamarin Forms or even traditional Xamarin is definitely going to be a better uh, a better technology to pick. Um, yeah. So again, it, it kind of comes down to what are you trying to build? And the thing that, that attracted me to Avalonia is that the app I'm building is a super customized UI. It's designed to be running on an embedded device, um, embedded in the sense that it's got buttons and faders and sliders and things. So mm-hmm. no one really should know that it's running Windows or what the operating system is under the hood. Yep. Uh, and it should look like my device. So WPF was a great fit for that because I could customize every single control. Um, if I wanted to build an app that looked like a Windows app um, or a Mac OS app, with Avalonia, you'd have to bring in the themes to do that. Um, whereas with something like Xamarin, you kind of get that for free because mm-hmm. it's using those native controls uh, under the hood. Yeah, yeah. So they're super different technologies, um, but there's been a lot of comparisons between them, and a lot of people asking, well, how does this compare to, to Xamarin? And it's like, but they're super different. It's it's really, do you care about pixel perfect? Do you want it to feel more native? What's your platform priority, desktop or mobile? Um, and, and from there, you kind of can get a feel for where you should be going. Yeah, and do you want it to look the same on each platform? Precisely, because that. that's really difficult with Xamarin Forms. Precisely, but because because one of the strengths of Xamarin Forms is that it's using those native controls. Mm-hmm. There's kind of there's really no reason to to pick Xamarin Forms if you want a hundred percent pixel perfect. Right. Uh, yeah. If you want to go down that route, then you should probably be looking at a, a, a web technology or or Flutter. Um, mm-hmm. I wouldn't even recommend Avalonia at this point for mobile, um, certainly not for iOS. Um, the Android side of things are slightly better, um, but it's, as I say, it's primarily that desktop technology, uh, and Xamarin is primarily that mobile technology, so very different. Yeah, I remember the, I don't know if this is still a current project, but the Xamarin Forms team was working on something to um to also draw their own controls and give the user the option because um, it's like, it's it's great. Well, this is how they sell it. You have native controls and this there are a lot of use cases where this is the best choice, but there are also use cases where people don't want that, where they want the pixel, pixel perfect and they want the same pixel perfect on each platform. And um, I, I don't remember if Xamarin Forms Visual was, uh, was solved that way or if, if there was another project that tried to tackle this this different approach yeah it's it's a stunningly difficult problem to solve yeah um, yeah so as i say avalonia was started in 2013 and it's now just kind of it's uh, the last year i would say has, has brought it to a point where it's ready for the prime time there's some big companies backing it um it's being used in production for commercial apps um drawing your own UI it's there's just there's a lot of a lot of things to consider with that um yeah like one of the things that I've been looking at recently is accessibility um when you're drawing every single pixel it becomes quite difficult to to make sure that your app is accessible to those that you know perhaps have uh, a visually impaired um obviously each platform provides APIs uh, in order to handle that but when you're cross-platform, you then need to make sure that you support 
all the different variants of of these approaches uh, of these accessibility APIs. Yeah, if, if you have this naive approach, you think, oh, how hard could it be to to implement a button? But there's just so much in there, and then you just realize, oh, the the keyboard doesn't work with the buttons, or or the screen reader doesn't, and um, it. Yeah, all the things you don't think about and you, you take for granted when you have a, have a platform and native controls. Precisely that. It's a, it's a wonderfully difficult problem to solve. And one of the things I've really enjoyed is digging into the, the source code for Avalonia to, to understand more about how it's built. Mm -hmm. But back to the bicycle space shuttle analogy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, the space shuttle has a few more uh, buttons and knobs um, inside. It, is, it does. Um, is this more of the um, write, write your XAML and this is how it looks? Or is this something that's completely customizable in every aspect down to the pixel? Uh, it's, it's really, it's basically down to the pixel. So okay. all, of the, all of the controls, just like WPF is lookless. Um, and just to clarify what I mean by lookless is the, the controls themselves don't actually have any style that is attached to them. Mm -hmm. uh, the themes are, are totally separate. So the button is the code for the button is literally just the code to handle, you know, click events and yeah. properties for setting the title. How it looks is defined within the XAML file. Um, so that's what I that's what I mean when I say lookless. Mm -hmm. um, Avalonia is entirely lookless, so you can tweak anything and everything. And that's one of the things I've really enjoyed about it. So I've been building out. Uh, a, a, I'm calling it a Cupertino theme. Which is obviously uh, for mm -hmm. Mac OS and, and yeah. iOS. And I've been doing it on my PC and it's it's scary how close I can make the app look to, to being a Mac application mm -hmm. because I have control over every single pixel. Um, so uh, I'm I'm not kind of limited in what I can create um, when I'm using Avalonia and I'm I'm not kind of having to jump through hoops either. And that was something I always loved about WPF is just how creative I could be with the UI. Yeah. Um, and I, I've got that creativity and, and speed of development because I am so much more productive writing WPF or Avalonia XAML than I ever was writing iOS code using UIKit, regardless of using Swift or, or Xamarin's native bindings or Xamarin forms. Mm -hmm. um, it's just much more difficult to customize uh, to uh, the highest uh, level of uh, yeah to the highest level when you're when you're developing for something like iOS. Yeah, well, and how does it compare to to Uno? I mean, that's got to be a little bit closer than Xamarin Forms. Yeah, so so Uno is a really interesting project because uh, obviously it's bringing the the uh, UWP APIs to, and WinUI as well APIs now. Mm -hmm. uh, over to macOS, Linux, and Android and iPhone. Um, so one of the, from a personal experience, what I found was when I downloaded Uno platform and, and tried it out, I, I, got, I managed to get their sample to run. But then I tried to kind of diverge from that and do my own thing. And I really struggled to get it working. And one of the issues I faced was that not everything has been implemented on all of the platforms. Um, and I kind of feel like this is, you know, back when we had Mono and it was a completely separate entity from Microsoft and it mm -hmm. was that re-implementation of .NET and there were some, you know, edge cases and corners that, you know, here be dragons, watch out. 
it's yeah. it's not going to work quite how you expect it to. It's kind of the situation that I've ex- I, I've personally experienced with Uno, uh, in, in that the uh, the the brochure looks amazing, but my reality of it wasn't didn't quite live up to that. Um, but if okay. uh, but it, but if you're yeah if you're using UWP, which in itself is a an API that I, I it never gelled with me because by the time I'd moved on from WPF, I'd moved over to Xamarin. So I'd never invested the time to learn UWP. Mm. So there's also that uphill struggle that I would be facing trying to embrace uh, a technology like Uno. Um, but it kind of it ticks a lot of similar boxes to Avalonia in that it's yeah. that cross-platform XAML. Um, but as I say, it's, it's a re-implementation of an existing API. So it's always going to be playing catch-up. Whereas with Avalonia, their, their approach is very much, uh, if we're going to add something to the, to the framework, it has to work across every single platform that we support. We're not going to ship it if it's not working on Linux, for example. Yeah. Um, whereas, you know, if you if you have a look for not implemented exceptions within the Uno pro- project, uh, there, there's more than a few, and and you have yeah. to be aware of those when you're you know trying to call into a function piece of functionality that just doesn't exist on that platform for whatever reason. I mean, if you have an existing UWP app and you want to get that running on other platforms, then the obvious choice is Uno. Totally. And and they've got a great story as well around uh, migrating to the web. Mm, Um, That's right. uh, Because they they have the the WebAssembly support as well, which is amazing Mm -hmm. to see. And that was one of the... I I got so excited about that. And I jumped in, I installed the IDE extension, and I was like, I'm going to build myself an Uno app. And as I say, for me, there's a, a difficulty to see the where does where does my experience or or frustration with UWP start and begin? And then when does that turn into to Uno? Um, but I definitely experienced some frustration um, when I when I played around with it. And I've come back to it a few times, uh, and every time I've, I've struggled, which is a, a real shame, but I, I keep an open mind and would, would genuinely love to, to have a, a, a framework like that that you know, I can build these WebAssembly apps with using XAML. That's my dream. Yeah. Well, what's the Avalonia file new experience like? It's it's basically like WPF. You do okay. file, file new. Uh, you get a .NET standard application. Um, so it's using .NET Core. Mm-hmm. You can target .NET Framework as well if you want. Um, but yeah, you get .NET Core application. Um, it's You can pick between two, two project templates that come with the IDE extension. If you're using Visual Studio on PC, you have a previewer. So it's not quite a drag and drop designer, but much like the Xamarin Forms previewer, you write your XAML and you can see straight away how it's going to look. Um, so you can be okay. pretty productive almost straight away. Which uh, IDEs are these that, that have integration? So JetBrains Rider uh, has integration and the JetBrains mm-hmm. team are working diligently on that. Um, Visual Studio on PC. Uh, has integration with the extension, which is something I've been hacking around with, fixing bugs and trying to improve. Um, and then I've also been working on bringing support to uh, Visual Studio for Mac um, so that we can have the, the previewer running there as well. Okay, nice. And so you you write, uh, write XAML? Can, can you, is it just a, a preview of the, the XAML you've written or can you also create the XAML with the, like a designer? Yeah, so it's just a preview. Mm-hmm. Um, the 
obviously building a UI design is a, a, a monumental feat of, of yeah. Yeah. software development resources and engineering. And to, to be frank, I think one of the things that held me back with WPF for so many years was, was the designer. It allowed me to be a little too lazy. Um, and when I pull up projects for my really early early learning of WPF and look at the XAML that was created by Expression Blend. Whilst the app looks beautiful on my screen, if it ran on any other screen or any other resolution, uh, it didn't quite look as good because I never I never really took the time to to learn what what was this XAML that's actually being created for me. Mm-hmm. Um, so having you know having learned how to actually write XAML, um, the the previewer provides everything everything I could possibly need. Um, I just write my very vanilla looking XAML and boom, I can see precisely how it's going to look. And yeah, I remember the... in the in the 90s when we thought, oh, nobody will ever have to write HTML again. We have Dreamweaver and all, all these tools that will generate the HTML. And and if you look nowadays, um, yeah. Do people still use Dreamweaver? I, is it still around? I don't know. <laughs> I'm pretty yeah. sure it's still part of the Adobe package. Okay. Um, but you, you know, it's, it, it's not something I've seen any serious developers, uh, using for a long time. Yeah. Well, I guess it's not that you write a lot of HTML only pages nowadays either, but this is, this is very, very true. Yeah. But, uh, I but think... yeah, I mean, that, that was, that was abandoned because it, it was the wrong, um, or, or, or a lot of people abandoned it because it was not, not the right tool. Uh, and and you get the best control if you just go down to to the basics. But I think this is true for basically every UI technology that's out there. That's that's right. Yeah. I mean, even even <laughs> storyboard designer in iOS, right? Precisely that. It's exactly <laughs> what I was going to say. You know, we started with Zips, and Apple were like, Zips are terrible. Let's get rid of those. We'll have storyboards, and and mm-hmm. they're like, mm, storyboards are also not that great. Let's uh, let's get you coding your UI. Yeah. And let's do Swift UI now. Precisely. Yeah. And, and any serious iOS app, even before Swift UI, there's a very, very high chance that they weren't using storyboards or mm. zips, but were instead coding their user interface. Mm. Yeah. Uh, so I think I think UI drag and drop UI design is uh, you know that kind of '90s and early 2000s tooling. It's not quite. It's, it's we're not going to be seeing much of that in the future, or at least I hope. Okay, and so you've got a. XAML application, it runs on .NET Core. Um, that means it will run on those platforms or, or .NET Standard even. So it will, there, there's some support for some other platforms uh, that are not, well, the, well, the .NET Core platforms are, are Windows, Linux, and, and Mac. And you mentioned the, uh, the embedded platforms that there's experimental support for. And yes. so, so the, you, the the code that you write that is not UI, then you can do anything that .NET Core can, right? Precisely that. And one of the nice things is, you know, you can put all of your your models and your view models into a shared project. Um, so the way I architected my big WPF app was just projects for days and days, um, and I was able to just bring over a lot of, a lot of the models and the view models without without any tweaking mm-hmm. um, and Avalonia um, comes with reactive UI with a reactive UI package I should say um, uh, within the default template so if you're using reactive UI um, within your view models all of that's just going to work as well um, nice. so 
as I say, you can really just tweak the the XAML a little, and the the custom controls are going to require a little bit more work. Um, but it's actually, from my experience, it seems to be deleting code rather than having to write code. Mm-hmm. Um, like wiring up um, dependency properties in WPF is a little bit verbose, uh, especially having now played around with Avalonia's equivalent, of, which is a styled property. It's just so much more succinct. You, <laughs> you know, I don't have to wear out a keyboard just to write a custom control. Nice. And we've got .NET MAUI coming up with .NET 6, I believe, which is scheduled for this year. Does, does that take over some of the domain that Avalonio is focusing on, or is, is that also comparable to Xamarin Forms? Uh, it's, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not an expert in all things MAUI. Um, mm-hmm. It's something I've been keeping an eye on. Um, I think my, my first impression from this is that it's obviously Maui is an extension uh, of Xamarin Forms. There's an awful lot of work that's been done in order to improve performance and some really interesting new features. Um, I, I especially like the uh, the one project solution and the the improvements around uh, reducing the the view hierarchy so the performance is slightly better mm-hmm. um but it's it's still going to be primarily from my understanding a, a mobile centric framework and yeah. it it's not it's not going to be a huge shift and it's going to be like right we're, we're trying to make this accessible to wpf developers and take on those desktop paradigms and mobile is kind of like yeah we can run there but it's not the priority it's that flip so i think uh I, as I say, I don't think there's going to be too much crossover between Maui and, and Avalonia, simply because they're the primary devices that you would be targeting with these frameworks are so very, very different. Yeah. Well, I, I see Avalonia has, uh, looking at the GitHub project, a uh, three-digit number of contributors and uh, lots of uh, five-digit number of stars. So it's uh, it looks like people are are using this. Um, and, and yeah, so I, I guess we would just say people, people try it out. If you think this is, this is something, if you're, or, or you're writing a a desktop application, you want to target multiple desktop platforms like C sharp, then this is probably your, your go-to choice, right? I I would say that's, that's perfect. You know, you want to, you want to port an existing WPF application. You, you, you want to target desktop uh, as your primary concern, um, then this is absolutely the right tech. What I would say is that if you if you know you want true cross-platform, as in desktop and mobile, mm-hmm. then consider potentially creating that uh, separate project within your solution that handles the, the models and view models, yeah. and then use something like Maui or maybe right now Xamarin Forms to provide your mobile front end, mm-hmm. and then Avalonia, uh, for a desktop front end. Okay, cool. Well, I'll put links to all those, uh, well, to the to the project webpage, to the the GitHub, um, on the in the show notes. And so, thank you for for telling us about the this exciting technology. And thank you for uh, having me. I hope some people give it a spin. So do I. And if they have any issues, then jump on uh, GitHub and file an issue or on the the Gitter. Um, I'm I'm personally in the Gitter most days, checking things out, seeing what's happening, and answering questions whenever I can. Nice. Well, thank you, Mike. Um, 
and thank and thank you for being my guest and i hope that we can see each other in person again sometime soon i look forward to it i genuinely do <laughs> this has been another episode of dev talk and we'll see each other again in two weeks bye bye